Hey everyone, Rico here. Busy week for us, so we're bringing you the news midweek. And of course, joining me is the Baron of Boxes, the new home honcho, the where the hell is my little Wi-Fi thing I use for my computer co-host, Marcus. <laughs> it sounds good, it sounds good. And I always have a trip with your introductions. But no, nonetheless, for those of you who don't know, I've been in the process of moving, bought a home, uh, been in an apartment for six years and four months, so... It's I've I've been in there for a long time and had a lot of memories in the apartment and it, 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 I did call it a home for a long while but uh, super excited to finally get a home a house uh, moved in with my girlfriend so we're in the process of getting twenty plus boxes going and sixteen eighteen of those boxes are of my collectibles and stuff like that so I've been rearranging my room looking for my computer and strangely enough it happened to you know the box that's in the super far corner covered by all the boxes stacked on the you know super bottom you know what i'm you know what i'm saying well my computer was in that box and it took me a whole hour an hour and a half to even find it and then oh i'm connecting in all these things and lo and behold i don't know where, where the wi-fi uh usb is my motherboard's a little dated so it doesn't have the wi-fi you know compatibility in it so i had to buy the little uh usb and uh, i don't know where it is so as of right now, I cannot connect onto the Wi-Fi with my computer. So I have my trusty laptop, the one I primarily use for work, um, going. I connected my my speaker, well, my speaker, my uh, my mic, uh, my mouse, and yeah, we podcast a little late, but again, been super busy, super stressed with just the moving process. But it, it's coming, it's coming along, and now that it's coming along, I actually have a chance to at least think about what it's like being in a home. I, I've just been too stressed and too tired to even, you know, just understand what it even feels like being in a new home. But we're getting there. I have the week off, which is also, which is good. Uh, we have Thanksgiving right around the corner. So I'm excited. I know people, you know, love the turkey and stuff like that, but I've always been a sides kind of guy myself. Mashed potatoes and the bread, and it's the one that they break, bake in the oven it's just to me to die for so I'm, i always look forward to just eating bread and mashed potatoes but yeah what about yourself man how's everything how's your week what's going on what's new uh not too much man just uh enjoying the we got another little cold front here uh we're both from we're in the south texas so you know we're used to warmth pretty much like 90 percent of the year so we're getting uh it's gonna work it's getting a little chilly a little earlier than we usually feel it but uh i'm loving it so uh planning to take off to my mom's original hometown tomorrow to go celebrate celebrate with my family over there thanksgiving and stuff so uh yeah just looking forward to thanksgiving also not really a turkey guy more of a ham person and i love the dinner rolls and the sides too like uh, that's just i'm down i just you know the company of it all being with your family and uh you know it's just, it's just a good time so I'm excited. It's nice. Uh, I guess we can get straight into the news. Um, first thing I had up for us actually this week was gaming, just like last week. Um, first thing I wanted to get into was we got some of the nominees for Game of the Year and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't have all the, I don't have all the uh, categories in front of me, but I know there was two that we kind of already talked about a little bit, and I just kind of wanted to. Uh, pick, kind of pick up that conversation uh, for this. Uh, starting, I guess I'll do with the best adaptation nominees for the Game Awards. Um, 
the five nominees are Gran Turismo, Last of Us, Twisted Metal, Castlevania, Nocturne, Super Mario Bros. I know for sure we've both seen two, uh, which would be Last of Us and Mario Bros. I don't know if you've seen any of the other three. I have heard that Twisted Metal is very, very good. I heard that I've heard Gran Turismo was also pretty good. Uh, don't really know anything about Castlevania. Mm. Castlevania, I've actually seen the first, well, the first season, but and I know Castlevania is just, it's one of those adaptations that is actually very, very good as far as video games adaptations are concerned. Not even, that's just as far as, just as far of, as far as like shows are concerned, Castlevania is up there. I know it actually brought in a whole new audience that people had never actually played the games for. So this one does follow, uh, uh, it's not Trevor Belmont was season one, two. This is uh, Simon. No, not Simon. I'm sorry. Richter. This one does follow Richter. So I know he's well, actually, he, if you're familiar with Super Smash or the OG Castlevania, he's actually one of the characters, one of the OG characters aside from Simon. And he's gracing us with, you know, an adaptation. So I think that's real cool. I've never seen the other ones. I've heard great things about Twisted Metal, Gran Turismo. Uh, it kind of looked like a hit or miss for me, but I know Twisted Metal was the one I heard amazing things about. But then, of course, we had The Last of Us, which really just took the TV world by storm. And I, it was must-watch television for a lot of people. Had some great, great scenes. Had some awesome acting. You know, they were some people were just fantastic. Oh, obviously, Pedro Pascal was fantastic. And uh, what's her name? The one who played Ellie was also uh, great. And then what's his name from that episode? Um he comes out in that was it community? It's not community, is it? Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Uh, what's his name? I know in the show his name is Ron Swanson, but his Ron Swanson. His actual name, yeah, it's it's not coming to me. Uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman was excellent. I, I just blew me out of the water, right? And then of course we had Super Mario, which for the most part had some pretty generally positive reviews. It did have, you know. A couple of reviews that were, you know, here nor there. People were, you know, a little, a little bit more, I guess, hard on it, regardless of nostalgia. But I loved it. I loved every scene of it. I, I'm a Super Mario fanboy, and the money that this movie raked in was just astronomically crazy. So it, it's going to be a good one. But obviously, if I had to choose any two, like Rico had mentioned, I think we were able to at least. Be, we saw those right Super Mario and uh, The Last of Us so those would probably be the last the, I mean the next the only two that I would you know roll with in this case for adaptation personally yeah, yeah I did vote and I did uh, I did end up I, I knew it was going to be between those two because I, I think not just us but I think general generally speaking I think those are probably the two that people that are not invested in things in like the gaming stuff and, you know, adaptations and stuff like that. I think those are probably the two most likely for non gamers to watch that, mm-hmm. which is last of us again and, and super Mario bros. <clears throat> so I really think it's, a, it's kind of between those two. I ended up voting for last of us just because I just, I loved Mario, but last of us was something else, man. It was so, intense i just love those kind of shows that's so uh, that's what that was my pick so yeah if i had to make a pick i would probably go the i would go with mario just that's just again not for any reason but i am a mario fanboy right but 
that's besides the point. It's, I guess, because younger people, and if, if especially if it's a voting concept, I would think more people had access to, well, I guess that's a lie, right? Because TV's TV, HBO, unless your parents didn't let you watch it because it was a little gruesome. But for the most part, you know, family friendly, even if you got kids or, you know, young teenagers to vote on this part, it makes sense for me to think that Mario might probably take it but we'll see uh if i had to pick one mario would be would be the movie that I, or the adaptation that i roll with personally yeah it'll, it'll, it's gonna be an interesting uh category because again it is a movie and an animated movie at that that did extremely well and then a tv show that you know spanned a couple episodes very high quality uh again behind a paywall because it was on hbo true, uh, true. And, um, you know, I, I'm not sure also what it's going to, how we're going to, how to gauge like that Mario kind of has like a universal appeal with, you know, kids, adults, other people that grew up playing Mario and stuff like that. Anybody can watch it versus The Last of Us. It's, I'm not going to say it's not kid friendly, but it's not, that's not exactly like. You know, not everybody's going to let their kids watch this show. So it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I really am not upset over uh, either way. But it, uh, like I said, I did vote for Last of Us. So mm-hmm. uh, then what else do I have here? I guess uh, I'll go through some of the other categories. Just I'll just uh, kind of go through them. Uh, obviously, the other big one is Game of the Year. Which I think we kind of also narrowed it down to like probably two, two of the games. Uh, and I'll just kind of weigh in why i thought like some of the other ones weren't uh weren't going to be considered i thought uh and just chime in if you think uh if you feel different or not mm-hmm. uh for spider-man for spider-man 2 and for uh legend of zelda tears of the kingdom i thought are these games far enough from the predecessor which is breath of the wild and marvel spider-man part one where they're going to say these really move the needle again like those first two. And my answer my answer was no. I think they build well off those games, but it's not enough of a jump to where it's going to I think overtake the one that the big one that I think we both agree is going to probably take this uh, category. Then Resident Evil. I'm super I'm a big sucker for zombies, love Resident Evil, but it's a remake. Resident Evil 4. Uh, so then it, that leaves us with Alan Wake 2, which is very, very new, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, I'm not sure what the, what, the hue, what the player base is like for something like Alan Wake and it being like relatively new. So that's kind of like the, the, the big question I have. I know you're a little bit more familiar with the series, but then Mario is Mario. I know Mario... Is has a huge fan base, like we were just talking about uh, with the last uh, little discussion we had. Also relatively new of a game. Uh, and then the last one is Baldur's Gate, which I think I didn't play. I know you played a little bit, but uh, I don't know. I feel like there was just this buzz about it and how it uh, was very different from a lot of other RPGs and games that we've played like here in recent years. And I think this one, more than any of these others, probably moved that needle for the RPG, uh, you know, turn-based, RNG, uh, D&D-style game, more so than any of these others. So for that reason, 
I think Baldur's Gate is probably a very safe bet for game of the year this year. What do you think? You agree yeah. and do you agree with the with the assessments of the others or a little bit different? No, no, no. I think you hit the nail on the head just obviously and not to take away from I love the Tears of the Kingdom. I love Zelda. Zelda's always gonna be my number one through and through. But I don't think it did anything besides the gameplay mechanic, anything too different from Breath of the Wild. People call it a glorified DLC, whatever you want to call it, that's fine. But it doesn't do anything to kind of set itself apart, just like you had mentioned. Uh, the other one was Spider-Man 2. Again, same concept. They just built on what was already there and they just made it a lot better. Now, again, nothing that kind of breaks the mold. Um, if Just to continue on, we also talked about Alan Wake. And Alan Wake... To me, it'd be between Alan Wake and um, Baldur's Gate 3. You know, a couple of sequels. I wouldn't really count Resident Evil 4 Remake just because it is a remake. And again, it's something that's already there where Baldur's Gate 3 being uh, mostly different from uh, Part 2. And not to say that it did bring in a whole new community because of its reviews and its fan base and the game itself. A whole, it brought in a lot of new people into the game to kind of experience it for the first time. Alan Wake also has that luxury because it's been such a long time since Alan Wake Part 1. Alan Wake 2 does have that story. It's driven, you know, people really enjoyed Part 1 for what it was. Alan Wake, to me, might be that second place Dark Horse pick. Just, you know, and the reason I'm calling it a Dark Horse is because I'm, it, like Rico mentioned, a safe pick. You're talking maybe like 95% more than likely Baldur's Gate 3 is going to win the game of the year and all these, and all these ones. Just... It'd be kind of really hard to top that, especially with the buzz that kind of surrounded Baldur's Gate 3. It even got me to go and play it. And I, I played a little bit of it, maybe about 8, 10 hours in. Um, I, I don't know if that's a fair shake, but either I didn't give it a fair shake. I don't know if it's a fair shake, but I just kept doing things or maybe because it was on PC. I don't know. For whatever reason, I didn't go. I haven't gone back and finished it. I do plan to, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes, but... Yeah, that would be my pick also. Baldur's Gate 3 seems to be like more than a safe bet. Okay, okay. Uh I I think it'll probably win most of the most of the uh categories it's in. I I would think. But uh the other ones that I was kind of uh excited about and I hope that the game that I voted for wins was uh RPG and I think it was Art Direction. Lies of P was in both those categories. Art again, Art Direction and Best RPG. Art Direction, it is between Alan Wake, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, this one. Say it again, a little slower. Oh, okay. It was a, it, again. It was Alan Wake. It Alan was Wake. Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush. Lies of P, Mario Bros. Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom, for Art Direction. Hmm. Very, uh, it's a uh, quite a list because it's so so different. Yeah, you know. But uh, Lies of P was kind of one of those games that just I was excited for it for a while, and uh, it to me it it delivered hard. I enjoyed the hell out of that game. I played it a lot. I had three different characters that I played different styles with. Um, Lies of P was also up for best RPG. Uh, up against Baldur's Gate, so that's going to be a long shot, but we have Baldur's Gate, Final Fantasy, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield for RPG. So, I'm just, uh, I'm pulling for that one in those games. Lies of P. Yes. Lies of P. 
you're you're a big big one and and I'm still playing it I think I made a little bit more progress and I just happened to be there in that time where I was moving I did play a little bit I think I'm like chapter seven or eight or something like that and again the Pinocchio setting the steampunk the it it, it has a lot going for it um I know you had mentioned what were the other ones um for 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 direction or for yeah. rpg direction alan wake hi-fi rush super mario hi-fi bros rush wonder and tears of the kingdom and Liza p hi-fi rush is the, is the one i wanted to uh, the other one and again if i were if there were to be one that would personally again kind of knock it out uh hi-fi rush i think has a really good chance uh when it came out it, it that was one of the ones I don't want to say I get indie game, right? But that was one of the ones where people were actually really intrigued by the rhythm game. The art direction looks looked real nice. It really did, which kind of caught my appeal. As compared to others, you know, again, Breath of the Wild, uh, Tears of the Kingdom is always going to have that Breath of the Wild stigma. Some more wonders. I don't want to say it's more of the same, but obviously, you know, it's kind of the same concept. I it, it might have a chance just because of some of the... It was different. It was fun. A lot of the maps <clears throat> and levels... <clears throat> were very nice actually like the the colors they were vibrant the 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 levels were different think of remember star world and super mario world Mm-mm. i'm or not a mario person oh, okay well in star world you know it had a lot of good create creativity designs but this one was just very vibrant the maps were hard some of the maps were hard so sumar wonder does have a chance but hi-fi uh that's the other one that i think you know probably has a very good chance as well and then for rpgs what were the rpgs again you had mentioned okay let's see rpgs liza p final fantasy baldur's gate sea of stars starfield i feel like Mm. either baldur's gate or final fantasy probably takes it final fantasy 16 right Mm -hmm. yeah more than likely baldur's gate uh, i think again anytime you have something like that on there that's just you know the reviews and everything else that kind of went with it, you know, but sea of stars, it's always good to see indie games on there, right? The, I guess the premier indie game of the year. I know when I saw stray last time, it was awesome. So, uh, but I did play a little bit of sea of stars and it was very throwback and it was a lot of fun, but again, anytime Baldur's gates there, unfortunately it's in this case, not unfortunately, right. But Baldur's gate probably going to win. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the only other ones I wanted to shout out, <clears throat> or best family game and uh, best multiplayer uh party animals is there for both of them so i'm hoping party animals can can beat baldur's gate <laughs> diablo yeah. street fighter and super mario bros <laughs> wonder but <laughs> oh. <laughs> i doubt it for best multiplayer but uh maybe best family be, uh, best family we have uh Dis- disney island disney illusion island party animals pikmin Sonic Superstars and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. So Wonder Man. So there's some there's some big ones there, but just I I love party animals. I love those kinds of party games that we play together and stuff like that. So uh, that's a good one. the The yeah, other one, that one, the other one I wanted to get your thought on was best fighting game of the year because this is one of those years where we have God of Rock, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, Pocket Bravery, but then we have Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter. What do you what, what what do you think? What do you think of the of those two? Like those are kind of some of the big ones outside of I guess Tekken would be 
another big one, but I don't know if it's as big as these two. No, I think Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter are the premiere. You have Tekken, you have King of Fighters, um, SNK, uh, Marvel's Capcom, if that game ever has a part four. We don't include Infinite. We don't talk about that one. But anytime you have Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, those are probably the pinnacle of fighting games. Uh, we, we even have, um, what's it called? Grand Blue. Uh, man, it's it's that anime, those anime fighting games, the real technical ones. There was even one... Um, Man, uh, cross, uh, blaze, cross blaze, blue, blue blaze. What you, you know, what I'm talking about it's one, of, it's the anime one. Man, it's that's because it was on Game Pass and I actually tried it out and I really enjoyed it. But nonetheless, anytime you have Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, in this case, I know Street Fighter tr- uh, try to do a lot of the I don't want to say open world, right? The whole open world concept, but it, remind, it reminded me of the city from 2K, believe it or not where you do have your custom fighter, you kind of go and then you, you move up to the top and stuff like that. They try to make it, they try to give it a little bit more, make it a little bit more intimate with the player, right? That way you have control. It's not just a fighting game, you have control of this guy. The, I'm not sure what the competitive scene was like in both, but I just know that Mortal Kombat, it's just, for, for it's making some waves. People are talking about it for better or for worse. I know the fan base is actually loving it they're really really enjoying it for the most part that i've seen and especially when you have because they, they call it a soft reboot and i think that's the other thing the other i guess part that mordecai might have going for it is that they advertised it as a soft reboot of sorts it's it's luke luke kang as as the the new other god of earth and he he's basically has his he's restarting earth in his image and stuff like that so now raiden's the the human champion all kinds of cool stuff that's going on with this story but when they call it a soft reboot you know they they talked about mechanics they talked about uh the the, the addition of obviously the new characters that go into it and right now it isn't more to come making ways because something about the their skins are going to start being charged or something they're going to start charging for skins so i think the console players actually started um it was supposed to be for a certain date and time so they programmed their xbox to never reach that that date and time so that way the skins they wouldn't have to pay for the skins or something like oh, that wow <laughs> yeah i saw it today and i was like damn i know because i know there were there was obviously some dropback um and that's why I said for better or for worse, right? But the fact that they're actually doing something like that and coming together as a community. But for the most part, Mortal Kombat, I want to say Mortal Kombat would take it over Street Fighter just because I've seen more Mortal Kombat there in the scene. Now, it might be because it's newer, but again, you don't take away from Street Fighter comp or Street Fighter tournaments, man, because hey, those guys take their Street Fighter very serious. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... That is my no- thoughts. Yeah, I mean, so you would you would say uh, Mortal Kombat? I would say Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that's what I uh, I ended up voting for Mortal Kombat too. Even I, I'm not really a fighting person guy, but I I thought, oh, I mean, people talk about the the story and the reboot and all that stuff a lot. So I uh, I I think Mortal Kombat will probably edge it out too. Uh, anything else you think about the games the game awards uh, anything you're you're cheering for any games you're hoping pull out even if it's a little something no i, I think the the game awards this year seem to be a little i don't know They're, i'm not excited for these game awards personally as it was for last game awards and i think it's because when you have Baldur's gate three and i think this is to me the the overall um 
factor here is that Elden Ring was available across the way. Everybody was everybody was were it was had a chance to play it if they wanted to, whether it's on console or PC. Baldur's Gate 3, it's a PC game right now, right? People on console, if and again, there's a huge market of of players who don't have a PC and they won't be able to play this game. So it's kind of like, okay, Baldur's Gate 3 being PC only right now, it's kind of like is it, on, know, is it on PlayStation already? Is it? It might be. If it is, great. Because, again, I, I would like to see these games, especially these more popular games, being in the hands of, of players quickly. That way they can actually stick their teeth into it. But that's the thing. Yeah, Play- PlayStation through. got it last month. Oh, really? No. They actually got it in September. And Xbox players get it next month in December. Okay, so Xbox are the ones. And, again, that's the other half. And, I, you know... For, for 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 whatever it is, but yeah, for whatever reason, I'm just not as excited for this one, especially with the indie games also. And I and I, and I like the indie games. I tried them out a lot. The other time we think we had Stray, and what I'm always most excited about are the reveals. And I know there's always like, for the most part, they're they're um, not as fun, right? Because some of them are they've already been announced, and some of them are just kind of smaller games. But I think at the there was one. It's whenever Bravely Default Two got announced, and I was like, "Oh damn, we got they showed a Bravely Default Two trailer." So there's going to be a world premiere. There's going to be something that is, that will catch my interest, will catch my, and I'll be excited for that as well. But that that's what I would give awards for because I've always enjoyed their um their um reveals. reveals. Yeah. Okay. Okay, the only other thing I had for gaming was uh, any thoughts with the Roadhog rework from Overwatch. And uh, we got some announcements, too, that uh, the new upcoming tank for Overwatch 2, Mauga, is going to be buffed for launch uh, starting in December. I think that's, what, the 6th or the 8th or something something around there? Season 8? Yeah, soon. Soon. And, uh, well, starting with Roadhog... Fun, 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 fun to me is always going to be the factor, and Roadhog is fun. I've always, I've always really enjoyed kind of the whole, I guess I guess chaining combos, I guess, or uh, that's the simplest way I can put it. Kind of, and if, which is not the way it's supposed to be played, right? But like, because you don't want to exhaust your abilities on one guy in a team game. But there's just something about placing a trap, hooking them, they're in the trap, shot, shot, dead. If you can nail it, it feels so good and so nice, and it makes it fun, especially especially when you get to um, I guess work those combos and make it look make it make the strategy feel fun. So I I've I've enjoyed the Roadhog rework so far. I, I played Roadhog Roadhog a handful of times, but even playing against Roadhog, even when they do these things, he he doesn't seem again suppressive, oppressive in any way. It's just more the fun factor and actually making Roadhog. A little bit more, just either fun to play and and just a little bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, technical, technical in a sense, because I know he was always hook, 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 and now it's not okay. Now you have a trap. Okay, now you're gonna hook. You're gonna hook him into the trap. Okay, the trap's placed here. When they go into a trap, it gives you a chance to go hook him. And then I, I've even, I've even enjoyed their primary fire. I was always, I, I know a lot of times nobody ever really used the secondary fire on the old one. But with his primary fire, it was it's it's great. It has a three right in the middle. It has range, a middle range. Because I was always I really liked the Roadhog's left trigger for the middle range. I, I'm and I've used it so much that right now when I think I'm pressing it, 
I'm healing and I was like, I don't need to heal. I need to, I need to keep it on right trigger. And the spread and the, the hit, the hits are real nice. And he's in a good spot. Maug on the other story. That that one was, because I know, and it's one of the things we talked about before where I, I felt personally that he was a little reliant on his support. And again, which take is it? But in this guy, like, I always felt like, oh, you needed you needed somebody who was going to enable you. Two players who were, who were going to enable you. But when you were enabled, this guy felt, holy shit, man. And I, me and, and I was playing with Rico both times, all the times we played the, the, during that weekend. This guy felt oppressive well, only when his support were enabling him. And I said, holy, man, th- he was so much fun to play. I had a blast. I'm ex- And then they're going to buff him right now. And of course, they want to make him feel strong so more people can play him. And I'm just kind of curious as to what, how it's going to work and how it's going to affect everybody. I know the buff list just came out, came out a little uh, a while back, right? And yeah, if the support enabled him like that, I'm super curious how it's going to work now. But he's going he's gonna to be, and he was so much fun to play. So I'm excited. I, I know he was a lot of fun. What do you think? Uh, when it comes to Mauga, I think he was a little, the, the, the issue with him is that unless you are in very optimal conditions, you're like, you always have to be defensive. So you have to play him kind of like the way you play Reinhardt, where you have natural cover and stuff like that, unless you know that your team is going to all in with you, like you said. Yeah. And that's true of a lot of characters, but the thing is, he doesn't really have a defensive ability uh even the ones even like his abilities where he uh is healing and stuff like that he's having to be like output damage and outside of a certain range that's difficult for him and especially with how big his hitbox is i found playing him it wasn't as crazy as like all in as i thought it was gonna be um there is like some pacing that you have to have when you're playing him and some some comms you have to have so i think uh they said specifically that they want to help him be able to survive a little bit more uh when i played against him i never felt oppressed oppressed i never felt like he was oppressive uh like i thought when we initially saw him once the numbers added up and once you you know have your Ana sleep him or you or they uh, antenate him. You know, I had a lot of success with Hanzo against him since he's so easy to hit. Um that I was kinda like, no, this guy's not broken. Like I every time every time uh us Overwatch players see a new hero coming out, we think, oh of course they're gonna release him broken. So everybody wants to play him, everybody wants to unlock him, and then you know they'll tune him down from there. Which after the whole life weaver fiasco, I think we can all agree like that's the right course of action. Make him strong and then tune him down. Not let him come in being like very, Life very fever. mediocre. Yeah. Not not being very mediocre and then have to buff him, buff him, buff him. And then something changes and then all of a sudden he's broken. Um, so, yeah, I think he needs a little bit of love, but not anything big. Just a little bit of fine tuning. Maybe something as simple as armor. A little bit of armor. Uh, I think will be will work. Just uh, no, nothing crazy, because I think his kid is nice. He just needs a little bit of stat changes, I think. Uh, that damage reduction coming with armor, I think, will be, will be a good one. Uh, Roadhog? Uh, 
I'm not sure. I've never really been much of a Roadhog guy because I feel like when I play Roadhog, like I'm, it's kind of like me going into business for myself, and that's okay when you're getting kills constantly and doing a lot of damage and this and that. But uh, in terms of being there for my team, which is the way I like to play tank, uh, I don't know. He's never really been for me, except when there's a map with like environmentals like there you have to bust oh, yeah, them out yeah, right yeah. you have to try right <laughs> yeah dude so um so yeah um i think i i haven't uh gotten my hands on him yet i haven't tried him out so i i don't really feel like it's fair that i say i like it or i don't uh the first impression is the gun looks a lot more consistent which i like uh and i'm interested to see what I can do with the trap. The trap seems interesting, but I don't know. I, I was expecting something a lot more different oh, from yeah. the rework, yeah. <laughs> uh, rather than just like we're gonna add this ability. Which I mean, he has changed the the vape. Also, the take a breather did change, so now it's like a, you know, the a resource based ability like Diva's Matrix. Um, so yeah, I, I I can't really say anything. I just was curious if uh, if you had tried it yet. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, anything else for gaming you want to throw in there before we move on? The other ones are gonna go a little bit quickly, I think. So no, no, that's you've okay. been you've been playing anything? A uh, little bit of lies, a little bit of lies up here and there. Uh, I think I mentioned it last podcast uh, inscription. I've I think I'm on the last part, and again, it's just because I've been moving that I haven't got a chance to finish it. When I'm already, I know I'm already done, almost done with the last act. Um, but aside from that, no, those are the only two single players games I'm playing right now, and it's just because moving, man, I haven't had the chance to do anything. But okay, that's about it for now. What's up? What's up next? RPG. What's up next on your list? Super Mario RPG, more likely. Yeah, I did okay. buy. I, I bought that and Persona Tactica. But the thing with Persona Tactica is. I haven't beat Persona Strikers, and again, because I actually played a uh, um, Calamity, um, Age of Calamity, the other um, hack and slash game. So going back to back on them was a little, uh, I was a little burnt out of the hack and slash because you can only hack and slash so much. But yeah, but it's more RPG for sure is my next one. Okay. Okay. The only thing for me, I've still been in huge zombie mode uh, with uh, Modern Warfare Three. And with uh, Resident Evil, so I've been hooked on those two. You know, I've always loved those games. I've always loved zombies. So I don't know. I'm kind of just saying, fully embracing it. Uh, I did re-download all the old Resident Evils and stuff like that, and the remakes. So uh, eventually, I'm gonna start another playthrough of like all the Resident Evils, um, and just been enjoying the hell out of zombies. Oh yeah. Uh, hopping over to anime. This is one that you shared. I don't know if you want to kind of walk us through it, but uh, Hunter X Hunter news. Oh yeah, um, the author uh, Togashi has actually revealed in an interview. This was what today, yesterday, that he has different endings set up based on whether he dies or not. <laughs> and he kind of get, he he actually gave people a little tease. Uh, it's an ending that he kind of shared that he he thought about, but did not end up using after all so he's not going to use it but he does have a plan a a plan b a plan c and a plan d depending on what his health and depending on how, what he's able to write and how much he's able to get out there 
his plan D is the one where he dies. If he dies before he gets to finish it, the Hunter Hunter, Hunter will finish off with his D planned ending. Can you believe that? Four different endings. So it's it's kind of I don't know what they are in essence and stuff like that, but it apparently it had to do with um a mother out there, Mother Nico, I think was her name, who basically just oversees children and their friends and stuff like that. So it, it, it obviously to for him to come out with something like this says that out a lot. I know, I know when it when it comes to Hunter Hunter, his health has been just he's been struggling. At this point, I'm just in shock that he's even still rolling with with Hunter Hunter. I, I'm sure he wants nothing more than to finish it, man. But to come out with an interview like this and to kind of say and and have his plan and you know in place and stuff, and especially with the death of Miryu being the um the mangaka of, of Berserk, you know, he he passed away before it was done. He'd been working on that since the 1980s. And, and Hunter Hunter, having started in 1998, if I'm not mistaken, has been around for 20 plus years. And I'm sure he wants nothing more than to finish it. So he does have a, what looks like a contingency plan in place, just in case. But yeah, it, it's been it's been crazy. Just kind of again. And I know I've always made fun of Hunter Hunter and its hiatuses, but you know I've never made fun of the author. But just it's it's really hard to get into that wanting to just finish it. But obviously it's just you know, the author is just in such bad shape that you know you at at some point I wouldn't even be mad if he just said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I can't finish it." Hey man, you got you got to take care of himself, man. And for him to come out with something like this, he's he's struggling and 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 it's it, and it's showing. Um, and it's it's crazy because. I saw lately Oda, the the mangaka from One Piece, mm-hmm. has been taking a couple of breaks here and there. And lately, his last one was actually due to an illness or related whatever. So it got people talking like, wait, you know, maybe Oda should, you know, maybe take it easy or whatever. Because he's been taking a lot of breaks lately because of his health. You know, these guys get burnt out. These guys just, like, they do so much. So imagine if, if Hunter, Hunter's, Hunter Hunter is you know not to take away from it but imagine if something like one piece didn't get finished you know what i mean and hunter hunter does have that fan base you know what i mean so it, it's 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 just interesting to see you know and obviously these guys care so much about their projects they so can they care so much about their stuff they're writing that they feel need to to just share you know what i mean and hopefully again at the end of the day we always hope for best case scenario but at this point i wouldn't i wouldn't even be mad if if he said you know if you know, just decided not to. Because at the end of the day, he did specify that his wife would finish it and stuff. And obviously, I'm sure he 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 shared. Well, I think the wife and the best friend, uh, his best friend, I think, would be the ones to finish it. But he said that if anything happens, it would be, it would be finished, but just with a different ending that he had in mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And um, the tough thing with the Hunter X Hunter anime manga whichever you know part of the fan base you're a part of the the tough thing is that it's so good and so gripping and so interesting if it wasn't people wouldn't care about hiatuses here and there but what's tough is that you you're left wanting more but you know this guy is struggling uh and it's and like you say you we kind of just want him to be okay we want we want to finish his story right within Mm. this universe but not at the expense of him you know so 
Uh, I wouldn't mind either if he kind of handed it off. But what's crazy is that he has different, different endings depending on what happens with him. That's yeah. that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's very very anime. <laughs> four four so, different ones, uh, man. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I also did read that uh, One Piece actually there's already an ending set. I I, I thought I read in reading a little bit about this. I thought I read somewhere that uh, I think you said his name's Oda, right? Yeah. Uh, also has has trusted some people with like his ending to One Piece as well, uh, just in case anything ever happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's actually approaching fairly soon, right? The, the ending. Uh, that's what I heard. Uh, it is on its final arc, but again, it's. I, I... Well, I, I'm saying well, soon is a very tough word when you use like with one in one piece terms because yeah. you're right it, it, it is now it, it is on the last arc final arc it's actually already um it's been through a couple of storylines already we're still getting more information i would say probably maybe about four years five years tops uh, is where we're at so hopefully it gets to finish it off um but yeah i think the other one what was mentioned um, as far as like contingency plans are concerned, again, is these guys do, do they do want to put out their story and kind of going back to Berserk, you know, that was, they weren't even sure if they wanted to finish it or not when, when the author passed away and they decided to, they decided to finish it. Then he, his best friend, uh, or one of his good friends who I think was an author of another manga was actually going to be the one to finish it. And he did have an ending in place. He did have notes and that's what they're using to be as close to the source material as they can. So again, you know, it, it's it's no coincidence these guys just really, really care about their stuff and they just want to get their magnum opus out there. You know what I mean? They're just, they're, they're work, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, people love them. So I, 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 I've enjoyed the hell out of Hunter x Hunter. I haven't jumped on the One Piece train uh, like some others have, but uh, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm I'm definitely gonna take that dive at some point or another when I'm ready. I like if you're strong idea. enough, yeah, <laughs> it's worth I, it. I love if that. you're strong enough, is it worth <laughs> it? It looks back. If you're strong enough, <laughs> epic, dude. Yeah. Anything else uh, anime related you want to throw in there? Oh, man, I think as far as anime, I know there was a lot of things that were announced recently. Um, they did have it was like I think a New York City Comic Con. I think had a couple of things that, that they had announced. Uh, for the most part, you can go and check them out. I'm trying to remember some of them had um, Classroom of the Elite season three. I know it's premiering. Um, a, a, a couple of new ones. I think they there was supposed to be a rumor of Dun Dun Dun, and that's the one I was actually super excited about. Um, already getting its anime adaptation soon so that might have an announcement more or less sooner or later the one i did see also was i did they did show a premiere of the seven deadly sins the four nights of the apocalypse i've been i've been hyping that up to rico for a long time because i think the the nights of the apocalypse are amazing so if you haven't checked that out i think you should go ahead and give it a shot but again check out the list you know let us know what you think but yeah it's just a couple of those things okay okay you uh Heard anything or checked out the Scott Pilgrim one at all? I have not. Yeah, I know that's out now on Netflix and there has been like buzz about it for a long time. And I haven't really heard any opinions or anything yet, but uh, I'm sure I'll get to it. See what the 
what all the fuss was about here soon. Uh, so jumping over to film, uh, I just have four four kind of quick things. I think really only one that we'll get deep into. But uh, George R. R. Martin says that he has eight other Game of Thrones spinoff shows in development. Uh, I'm not sure what other. I don't. I don't know if that doesn't include like the Hedge Knight, the one that we're expecting already that it's going to lead into Aegon and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then both House of the Dragon is kind of already established. We know. We know one of those is already we're we're expecting season two of House of the Dragon. Uh, you know we already know that it's uh, done. We're just waiting on it, and then we we knew of the Hedge Knight one also. So I guess that would that would kind of disclude them from the other. Uh, of course, everybody always talks about the Jon Snow a uh, Jon Snow uh, series and uh, Aegon the Conqueror series. So I would imagine maybe those are two of the ones floating around in his mind. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what comes out because again, amazing universe. Yes, there's the ending. People talk about it all the time and drag down the show because of it. But in terms of a universe and investment and storytelling and all that, it's just a phenomenal uh, story told in Game of Thrones. So I'm I'm excited to see what else we get out of here. Uh, Creed Four is reportedly in the works. Uh, been pretty successful series thus far. Creed One, Two, and Three. Uh, so I'm excited that they're gonna move forward. Let's see what ends up happening with Adonis and who he ends up uh, going up against this time. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see for that stuff. Uh, film adaptations of Persona and Yakuza Like a Dragon are a possibility, say Sega. I know this one probably has to be big for you. I know Rudy also is a big fan of Yakuza. Uh, Leroy is also a big Persona fan like you, Ricky, Andrew. So uh, Andrew also, I think, plays Yakuza. So uh, this, would be, this would be a pretty cool one uh, for, for some of you guys. Mm-hmm. Then uh, lastly, I have, uh, it was kind of like on, off, and then on again. Uh, Pedro Pascal reportedly is going to be Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four. Uh, There's been a lot of talks about this casting, uh, such a big, you know, such a big name for the Fantastic Four. Uh, I know you're the one that brought up uh, that they were looking at, uh, who was it for Galactus? Was it uh, Javier Bardem? Yeah. For Galactus, and then now there's also reports that John Hamm wants to throw his name in the hat for uh, Doctor Doom. Ooh. So, um, you know, with all this casting stuff going on, I know there's. It seems, it seems more and more likely that they are probably going to try to pivot away from Kang the Conqueror. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think I read somewhere that the director is now being moved, or one of one of the big. Uh, people in the project is being moved off of Kang, the Kang dynasty to Shang-Chi. I think they're going to focus now on Shang, Shang-Chi part two. Mm. So um, it seems like they're fra- that's it, it's all but confirmed. It seems like that they're going to kind of try to pivot a little bit off Kang. I'm not sure if it's just because of the writing, because of uh, the different uh, little issues that they've had going on with the actor uh, I really wish that they would just like if it is because of the controversies going on with Jonathan Majors that uh, even though I'm a big fan, you know, if if whatever happened with him is true and, and whatnot, like, you know, move on from the guy, recast him and, you know, tell a better story, finish what you started. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, but, uh, you know, that's just my wishful thinking. But uh, any of these things you're excited about? As far as the uh, move, kind of backtrack here. Uh... 
With Marvel, I know Marvel fatigue has been on the up and up in a long time. And I was actually one of the first ones to kind of deal with it. And in this case, it doesn't help when these Marvel movies come out and they're not even they're not even meeting expectations. They're way below expectations. And it's people are saying, oh, what's the point? People don't people are just, yeah, tired of Marvel movies. But let's face it, people don't want to see right now what they don't want to see the marvels they don't want to see blue beetle uh, blue beetles of uh, dc i'm sorry they don't want to see um what was the last one they put out before the marvels it's, it was the other one that didn't really do so hot the 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 last few phase five was quantumania gardens Mania. of the galaxy part three and the marvels Ga- gardens of the galaxy are the most recent yeah gardens of the galaxy didn't um the hype was there and it was a, an amazing movie but again, it you know people think Marvel and they're thinking broken records. They're thinking you know big time box offices and stuff like that. The Marvels didn't do so hot, and Quantumania didn't do so hot. And people just kind of want to go, oh, what's the issue? My thing is kind of like, well, guess what? You you can there can be four different Spider-Man movies in theaters, and guess what? Each one of those Spider-Man movies is going to be a hit. Why? Because people love Spider-Man. People loved Iron Man. People loved the Avengers, right? That's, oh, you know, those were the Marvel guys. It's, honestly, to me, it's more like, where the hell, hey, X-Men? People love X-Men. Where the hell are the X-Men at? You know, Fantastic Four, getting big names like that. People have always hope, been hoping for a good Fantastic Four because Fantastic Four in the comic book world is very, very popular. So they were just hoping for somebody to do them justice. So I think if they're pivoting, pivoting away from these, I don't want to say less known characters, right? But I'm going to say less known characters just for the sake of that. Everybody who watches these films are people who don't read the comic books, obviously, right? Or are not familiar with them, at least. These, you, you got to have heroes who are going to appeal to more than just the comic book guy. And in this case, X-Men, Fantastic Four, it would be a good start. And there's finally rumblings and rumors that we're getting, we're finally getting these guys. So... I would actually put my ass in a seat to go watch either one of these, especially if those names are attached, you know, Petro Pascal, Javier Bardem, and you mentioned Ham as a Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom has always been just a very great villain, so it'd be cool to see, you know, who can portray him as best they can. So I'm excited about those things, honestly. So we'll see We'll see how those go. Uh, what are the other things you mentioned as far as movies? I think that's about it. Creed? I... Th- yeah, Creed, uh, Persona, oh, Persona, possible Persona film, and then the eight Game of Thrones spinoffs. The Persona, Creed, I'm still on the first one. Um, I think I'm almost on the first one. I never finished it. Remember I was telling you a while back? Uh, the Persona mm-hmm. ones, that'd be interesting to see, especially in a movie adaptation. I would actually like more of a Netflix One Piece adaptation, right, if you're going to go that route, just because the Personas themselves are just amazing, big humanoid monster looking thing sometimes and i think those would be better displayed if you actually throw throw in a budget in more of a tv series type thing uh rather than a you know movie but we'll see what we get the game of the sega have the sega have movies already sonic sonic okay i think that's about it but again sonic was a family film and sonic is awesome i think the film's doing an amazing job at again just capturing the the fan and obviously the, the the child and um family friendly movies but as far as game of thrones again anything game of thrones is going to be you know movie worthy i'm sorry uh just emmy worthy people love game of thrones and it's always going to sell and 
put asses there on the couch and have people watch them and stuff like that. Did you see that uh, uh, that report about George R. R. Martin having the exact same amount of pages that he ran last year? Really? Yeah, he. I didn't I, see that. Remember last year he said he had eleven hundred pages. Well, a year later, I, uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, he said that he's written eleven hundred pages, and people were kind of like, "Well, this guy's never going to finish." Kind of pissed off. Now I don't know what. And I was just like, "Okay." And I, and I get it, right? Everybody's like, how the hell have you not done anything? It's like, no, okay, first of all, obviously, right? If you're a writer, and again, if you're as, yeah, all I can think of was like, well, no, he went back to those 1,100 pages and must have been tweaking them like like crazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, well, don't you have an editor? That's not the case. The point is, is that this guy, I'm sure, is trying to live up, go back, change some nuances, fix some things, make sure the storytelling is, you know, peak and the way it's supposed to be. And so people were just, people were shitting all over him, man. <laughs> and I said, no, man, like that's, that's something that you have to understand from an author's point of view, from a writer's point of view. Writing's not easy. And for all we know, this guy can be having creator's block because of, uh, you know, the the show for all we know, right? But again, <laughs> who knows when and that's because i haven't read the novels but i know there's some people who have and if you're 1100 pages holy shit man (laughs) how long is this book gonna be yeah i think you know like the poor guy is just trying to he has he has to have like the ending of the show and the reception and all that like heavy on his mind but at the end of the day he just wants to put out whatever his vision is and sometimes i'm sure he knows exactly what that is and maybe the next day it's something else or maybe he thinks of something like oh there's this detail that i should have added but if i add it here then i have to i have to like put it i have to set some things right within the context of like some of the other scenes or discussions or uh dialogue or whatever so mm-hmm. you know it'll come out eventually i know it's hard to wait but uh you just got to be patient and hope that uh you know, uh, rushing is what gave us the ending of the show of Game of Thrones in the first place. So we don't want to go there when it comes to like the source material and the actual guy behind, you know, the world of Game of Thrones. So, exactly. you know, it, it's very tough, but you just got to be patient and wait. I know I didn't get into it till late, so I haven't been waiting as long as everybody else, like the fans from day one, but uh, just got to kind of just bite your tongue and just hope for the best man mm-hmm. and wish the guy well exactly uh one other thing i wanted to throw in about the whole marvel thing i think it's tough when we've built even though like a lot of people don't uh don't talk about it but the action the first avengers were actually not the team comic book wise was not the team that we're familiar with but uh in the movie in the movie version uh of the avengers and all that you know the characters that we've come to love but because they've done such a good job of establishing them and establishing like the over overarching villain of thanos kind of being there from the beginning it seems like after thanos after that whole big thing finished with the end game and and that it's 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 tough for us to have to go through a hard reset a soft reset i guess cuz we're still seeing some of those characters that we love but it's it's tough to have that soft reset and movies be a little bit underwhelming because mm. 
After Endgame, we got Spider-Man, which, okay, you know, big character. Black Widow, which was I actually really enjoyed. We got Shang-Chi, which was a little different. Uh, Eternals, which was kind of a letdown. Uh, another Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh, Multiverse of Madness, Thor, uh, Black Panther. And then from there, we got Quantumania, uh, Guardians, Marvels. We're waiting on uh, Deadpool and Captain America. And then some that, you know, we've been have been rumored here for the future. I think with them not having like a big, big movie right after, because I love some of, I love, you know, a lot of the movies on that list, but them not having something huge to reset, like a staple, a new staple, a new standard movie. Uh, I think that's where the fatigue kind of sits in. The fatigue was going to happen regardless, but with us not having like that huge blockbuster movie uh that just takes us in a in a new direction um i i think that's where they kind of have come up short Mm. uh you know again i love thor i love the new black panther uh black panther uh dr strange the spider-mans were good shang chi was real good too but uh, there's not like that iron man that captain america there's not that new age avenger that we're gonna get behind So uh, the whole Kang thing, I guess, is just going to end. And uh, we'll see where we end up. But uh, I don't know. Any any of the ones that upcoming that you think might pull you back in? You mentioned uh, Fantastic Four and X-Men. Blade, uh, new Captain America, Deadpool. Any of those, maybe? Mm-hmm. Oh, Deadpool. Deadpool, for sure. But no, like Blade, we'll see. Um um new captain america again we'll see and especially because a lot of uh, you know a lot of these transitions well at least in terms of like the new captain america happened in a tv series and stuff like that and just to kind of be invested in tv series on top of movies and i think that was actually one of the i won't say mistakes but we did get like wandavision i hear loki is amazing um there was a lot that they try to push on to people and when when the commitment gets you know it's more than two hours in a film and it becomes 10 hours over a 10 week period then it kind of it's kind of a turn off to some people so but yeah no i mean fantastic four x-men deadpool yeah there's some good ones coming but uh it's just it's gonna take some time for us to get invested like we did over those 10 years so we're waiting for thanos to get here so mm. uh I, I get it i get the whole fatigue thing and it's it's tough to start over uh when we haven't had that staple uh, anything else you want to throw in there in terms of movies? Anything new you've seen? Anything interesting? I know you and Andrew were talking about some of the animated films coming over pretty soon. Oh, yeah. There's um, obviously The Boy and the Heron. That's one of the ones that I'm super excited about. Again, this is uh, Miyazaki. Again, at the time, his last one. But apparently reports are that it's not. But then again, it looks amazing. Robert Pattinson, William Dafoe, uh, William Dafoe. Uh, Christian Bale, like you just have a bunch of just actors and their voices. It, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. The other ones he had talked about were, um, what you call it? Um, it was Paprika, Perfect Blue. What's his name? Cone, uh, Satoshi. He he. His next movie again. It's the twenty fifth anniversary or you know anniversary anime expo over at Cinema. Uh, was it AMC Cinemark? Obviously one of those two. But I think the next one that they're going to be showing here is Tokyo Godfather. And actually, that's out of the three films that they're showing, 
well, they're showing five films. Perfect Blue, Ghost in the Shell, Tokyo Godfather, Cowboy Bebop, and Paprika. I've seen four of those. I've never seen Tokyo Godfather. So if Andrew or anybody wants to go see it, I might just tag along because I have not seen Tokyo uh, Tokyo Godfathers. And then the other one that I saw a report on was the Gurren Lagann. They're actually, they're, the, they actually broke up the series into two movies. And apparently they're going to be showing both movies in theaters. And, I'll, and this is going to be the first time that they're ever going to have released them in English dubbed. I've seen Gurren Lagann dub and sub. And for some reason, I just love the the dub on this one just because it's, it's it's cheesy but it's so good but uh i want to see the action sequences in 4k because apparently it's supposed to be high end um high resolution all that good stuff in a theater so i am super excited to see Gurren Lagann and its animation sequences and just the hype and oh man i'm pumped so uh, i hope to be seeing that soon <laughs> also i think tickets were supposed to go on sale december 8th so uh yeah we'll see how that goes Nice, nice. Uh, so I'll give us our, I'll give you my very, very unbiased hero of the week. <laughs> because uh, it's going to zombies. I love zombie films. I love zombie movies. I love zombie games. Uh, I love zombie TV shows. I have been super into zombies in any and all formats uh, lately. I've been hooked. And... Uh, I know there's been a lot of trash talk about Modern Warfare 3 and the gameplay and all that and campaign and all that, but zombies, man. Uh, the, the zombies community is a little bit split about whether they like it or not, but uh, some of the reports that we've gotten recently say that round-based zombies is coming back in some capacity. Uh, Treyarch are the, are the, is the studio working on it, even though Modern Warfare 3 is made by Sledgehammer Games. Um, so we are supposed to be getting the round-based back stuff soon, so we'll kind of have a little bit of best of both worlds. But uh, I don't know, man. I haven't been this hooked on a game in quite a while. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm giving it to zombies because I can. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Marcus, just uh, take us out. Yeah, so, again, I know it's been a while. It's been about a week and a half, and we're recording this on Tuesday, so this is you, you will not hear it until probably Wednesday. It depends when Rico is going to put this out. But I know it's been a while, and, again, whether there might be some issues just because transitioning transitions happen super excited but to wrap us up last week we did do two um episodes last week we actually finally had our attack on time discussion about the ending where we discussed the ending thoroughly and what we liked or disliked for the most part i i enjoyed it wholeheartedly rico also did i in this case i was a more optimistic one and Rico wasn't, but if you want to know the scores and all that good stuff, go ahead and listen to that one. And then for the weekly recap, we did go over the OLED Steam Deck. Uh, we talked about Arcane. They did have Geek Week at the time. And Zelda actually announcing its big live action. So if you haven't heard and want to check out what we have to say, go ahead and check that one out. But you can find both of those again, rss.com, uh, Meta or Nerds. So with that, thank you guys for listening, and you all have a good night. And have a happy Thanksgiving. Later.